This is my friend's place in WGOT LP Gainesville, 100.1 FM, Sada Tay. Please welcome Putin Tay! Show, man. Thanks, baby. Now, Putin Tag on my show. It is so good to see you, Putin Tag. Now, you, you must be doing a promotional tour or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Putin, I was wondering, what happened to you down by the Cutty Style? Oh, Chris, uh, that, that Cutty Style beat was bullshit. All right. <laughs> I was just down there, you know, tying in a cloud. Really, really, really? Because everybody said you was crying on the Tammy. No, my Damien. That's a water tie to the salmon cow. Well, if you say so, Pootie. Sadate. Now, Pootie. Pootie, Pootie, Pootie. Everybody knows you just cut a new record, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's called, it's called, uh, Tippy tie on my Capitown. <laughs> now, Pudi, did did anybody good play on the record? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we had uh, we had Ooh Smooth Gilly on bass. Yeah. Uh, Crady Pooster on keys. Get out of here. Yeah, Wamata Sappy came and came a leap of chai <laughs> on drums and uh, Paul Schaefer. Rainy Pootie. Now, do you have a clip for this video? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now let's take a look at a clip from Pootie Tang's Tippin' Tie on My Caper Tie. Tippin' Tie on My Caper Tip and tie on my Capitan. Wow, wow, hey! Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrific, Pootie. Sadate. <laughs> Don't got a lot of money. Drive a rusted out Chevy. I just got laid off, more tab ain't paid off. My ex-wife hates me, even had to sell my puppy. Yes, I'm broken, it's a damn shame. Guess I gotta play the squid game. Yes, I gotta play the squid game. My only option is the squid game. Have a number, not a real name. Cause I'm playing in the squid game. Weird guards, pink guards, locked us in a big room. They got symbols on their faces like the ones on PlayStations, and the main guy looks like Dr. Doom. Bunk beds, new friends, piggy bank up in the sky. There's a robot girl who caught me running, better duck behind the nearest guy. Wait, what? They're yelling at me in Korean, and nothing is translated. Got eliminated. Got a crazy girlfriend, thinks she might stab me. At 
after I was dead, they took my eyeball and my kidney. That's what happens in the squid game. People die. Green light. That's the way you play the squid game. Green light. That's what happens in the squid game. 45 billion won, that's a whole lot of money, at least I think it is, I'm confused by the currency, anyway I'm on a glass bridge, and I think I'm gonna win, hey look it's my friend Pete, and you go bye bye now. Hey, I just won the squid game Killed all my friends in the squid game My body is completely mine Why the hell did I play the squid game? So I went back to my hometown Got a cool red haircut Gonna live my life better now I've grown in so many ways Then one day I got bored And I took all my money And I bet it on the Jets i
right, that's a new one from uh, Metronomy. It's good to be back, and it is good to be back this week here on WGOT, my friend's place, after taking a brief two-week hiatus. Talk a little bit about that here in a second after telling what you heard in the warm-up mix portion of the show this week on my friend's place. Leading things off, you had a parody song from SNL Squid Game. Played it a couple weeks ago, and it's been stuck in my head ever since with a little earworm. So uh, it may or may not be a good thing for you, depending on how much you did or did not like that song. But uh, it's definitely very catchy. After that, a new one from Motric called Particle Maze. Then you heard Charlotte Ardigerie and Bolas Pupal with Blenda. After that, you had one from Cat Power called Pop Pop Power, which is apparently a cover of a Ryan Gosling band. I never knew it existed, and I'm a big Ryan Gosling fan. I really like his acting work, so I'm definitely going to go back and kind of see if I can find that uh, band and see uh, other things that they release because I really like that new song. So, anyway, that's everything you heard in the warm up mix portion of my friend's place. Uh, just a couple moments ago, mentioned how the show has been off for a couple of weeks, and uh, I've done my friend's place live from the WGU studio for the past couple of years from uh, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., but now with the Civic Media Center opening back up, that arrangement just is not going to work anymore, uh, partly because I'm definitely used to being able to run around the, uh, the CMC building, uh, kind of like, I guess, um, like Kevin from Home Alone where there are no adults around, I can do whatever I want, run around in my underwear if that was my desire, but uh, that's just not going to be possible anymore with Civic Media Center opening back up for regular business hours. And another huge problem is the uh, paper-thin studio walls that have absolutely no soundproofing do not mix it well, at all well, rather, with the Civic Media Center hosting their weekly meetings, which usually uh, occur during my show, in a space located directly next to the radio uh, studio, and the people in the meeting are spaced eight feet apart in a circle, wearing masks, and there are a couple elderly people there, which I'm sure it's very hard to hear uh, with a mask and being spaced apart, if there's any kind of distractions going on in the background. So, in the short term, I've decided I'm going to do my friend's place for my studio, which is really a very generous way of describing my bedroom and would be kind of like calling McDonald's uh, a gourmet restaurant <laughs> would be the way I would describe my studio. But anyhow, after being off a couple of weeks, kind of gave me a chance to listen to past episodes of my friend's place, kind of figure out the future and ways to make the show better. And uh, for the past couple of years, I've mostly been a live radio show, kind of masquerading as a podcast or live radio show that's also a podcast. I'm not sure which way to say it. Um, but now, uh, I think in the future, at least for the next couple of weeks and months, I'm going to be more of a podcast masquerading as a radio show. And I'm not exactly sure what all that's going to mean, um, but I'll figure it out over the next couple of weeks for my friend's place. Uh, however, in the short term, I'm still going to do the one thing that I'm actually good at doing, I believe, which is playing a lot of brand new music, indie, alternative, electronic, and other genres. So uh, that is definitely uh, the plan for the short term. And uh, speaking of short term, I got some great new music um, from a very, not short term band, a very old band from the 80s called Midnight Oil, who I'm sure some of you are like, hey, I know them. Uh, as long as you're over, what, 30 years old? Or if the cutout's 40 years old, I don't know. But regardless, here's some new music from a very old 80s band 
Midnight Oil, Rising Seas, and I'm pretty sure that the song title is kind of a self-explanatory, uh, the political and uh, ecological message they're trying to get across. So here you go. You got my Midnight Oil, Rising Seas on my friend's place. Every child put down your toys and come inside to sleep. We have to look you in the eye and say we sold you cheap. Let's confess we did not act with serious urgency. So open up the floodgates to the rising sea. Ciao. 
Cold. 
doors Someone singing lights out in the halls Someone's in our rooms we don't know at all But I'll choose to remember more You're dancing around the kitchen floor You look on my face like a child Our home for a
Let's pick this trail with Island Family. And you're listening to my friend's place here on WGOTLP Gainesville. Here's what you just heard in the mix this week. Leading things off after the break, you had a new one from classic 80s and 90s alternative band, Midnight Oil with a new song, Rising Seas. Then it was one from Spoon, The Hardest Cut. After that, you had Marco Benevento with the At the Beginning, excuse me, At the End or the Beginning. Then it was Le Pain, Obvious to You. Then after that, you had Night Shop for a while, featuring Jess Williamson, and now you are completely called up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place, and it's really good to be back after a couple of weeks off, and I'll be temporarily recording here in the Cramble Broadcasting Network studio, at least in the short term, which is actually the regular home of Cramble Mix Show, uh, in case you've never heard it, it's a one-hour continuous mix of dance and electronic music that I host. Unfortunately, if you I can't tell already, especially if you're listening on headphones, do not have the greatest microphone setup going. So going to be working on that in the days and weeks to come. So uh, thanks for sticking with me regardless. And before I do a movie review, I want to remind you that WGOT has a Patreon page at patreon.com. Patreon is very similar to fundraising apps like GoFundMe, except it is a small reoccurring donation, which starts as little as $1 a month, and all that money has been huge during the pandemic, as most of our fundraising efforts have been severely throttled, because uh, WGOT relies on being able to have live, have live fundraising shows, uh, like our anniversary concert, which we've been unable to throw in a couple of years, and hopefully we'll have some uh, good news we can share about our 2022 anniversary benefit concert coming up pretty soon, uh, but in the meantime, if you want to help, you can visit Patreon backslash WGOT, and then sign up for whatever you can afford and donate monthly. So, let's do a movie review, and uh, first up this week, I want to talk about a not good movie, and it's called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. The Eyes of Tammy Faye is a movie based on a documentary, I think that was made 10 years ago, about the rise and fall of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and the Christian talk show, uh, and PTL, and just basically televangelism in general, uh, which amazingly I had no idea until I saw this movie that PTL stood for Praise the Lord, even though I actually grew up in the backyard of the PTL in Gastonia, North Carolina, which is located right outside the center um, of their show in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm actually really old enough to remember all the scandals and late night and SNL uh, parodies, just always making fun of them for actually some pretty valid reasons. So uh, normally I think having solid background information about the subject of a movie makes the movie more enjoyable, but I can't really say that is the case here, um, as I think maybe it would have been better off not knowing as much about Jim and Tammy Faye, because uh, I really didn't learn very much uh, from the eyes of Tammy Faye that I didn't already know. But anyway, uh, the movie starts out with Tammy Faye. She's a child of a divorced mom, and all she wants in her life is a little bit of Jesus. And the beginning is where the very first problem begins, because the tone uh, starts off like the eyes of Tammy Faye is going to be like a comedy or spoof of uh, television preachers, and truthfully, it is really, really unsuccessful at that. So, uh, as I was watching the beginning, I kept thinking about how much the movie wanted to be a, relig a religious spoof like the um, Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Except Righteous Gemstones does it like a thousand percent better. So, um, I was actually starting to lose interest pretty early on and was ready to almost give up on the movie until it totally changes the tone and starts to get serious um, about uh, religion in the early 80s and how homosexuality was uh, viewed. Uh, which, spoiler alert, was uh, not in a very positive light. So, 
Um, this issue becomes a pretty personal one for Tammy Faye, and it's one of the centerpieces of the movie because she abdicated for gays to be included within the church. And I actually kind of like this movie when it was trying to be serious. But then it flips the switch back to parody and serious again back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, pretty much the whole movie. Uh, so it never really could kind of settle on what it was trying to be in the tone of the movie. Uh, the other thing I really want to kind of focus on in my review is the acting performances, which are good. And uh, Jessica, Jessica Chastain, who I actually really love as an actress, is getting a lot of Oscar buzz for playing Tammy Faye. And while she does a pretty good uh job as the lead actress in the role. The question I kept having over and over is whether she's doing a great acting job or is this just a really good impersonation. Uh, for me, it falls kind of in the latter, which is, you know, a weird thing because, you know, you want your actor actress to be like and look like and convincing as a real-life person uh, that they're portraying. And I gotta say, uh, Chastain was pretty successful doing that. But in her performance, there was just something uh, missing, and really, I can't wrap my head around it. On the other hand, I thought Andrew Garfield was really great as Jim Baker, and I think it really helped that um, I haven't really seen Andrew Garfield in very often in movies. Never saw any of his Spider-Man movies, and I've only seen him pretty much in bit parts, uh, like the Facebook movie Social Network. Uh, Chastain, on the other hand, I've seen in a lot of movies and even as a lead actress. So I think it also really helped that I hadn't seen much of Jim Baker either compared to uh, Tammy Faye. Uh, she was really all over the television like in the 90s and I guess early 2000s and he was um, to a much lesser degree. So um, really the point I guess I'm trying to make here is I think kind of based on you know all those points that uh, Andrew Garfield, if you're going to give somebody an Oscar or nominate someone for an acting award. I thought he was much better as Jim Baker than uh, Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye. So, um, which leads me to another point. And I've got to actually really compliment Jessica Chastain on this because um, she's inc incredibly capable being able to mimic Tammy Faye. And like the most important or most impressive thing she was able to do as Tammy Faye Baker was imitate her voice as a singer. So when I first heard her singing Tammy Faye's song, I'm like, this has got to be, this can't be right. Until I actually compared, like, the Tammy Faye versions side by side to what Jessica Chastain was doing, and she absolutely nailed um, her voice as far as it comes to singing, which kind of might explain why uh, Jessica Chastain was picked to be Tammy Wynette in a TV show that's in production right now. So, um, while overall I did not like the eyes of Tammy Faye uh, movie, there is one thing I totally adored from the movie, and that is the Disco Jesus song. Now, I never really knew that I needed to accept geez, Disco Jesus into my life, uh, but now I'm an official convert. Uh, so this is actually the real Tammy Faye version, and I'm pretty sure half the audience is going to love me after playing this, and the other half is going to really hate me. So uh, without further ado, here is Tammy Faye Baker singing Jesus Keeps Taking Me Higher and Higher, otherwise known as Disco Jesus.
sommes tous seuls dans cet ensemble. Nous sommes tous seuls dans cet ensemble. Nous sommes tous seuls dans cet ensemble. Dissoudre ces gouvernements corrompus du monde qui prostituent nos âmes et avenir. Maintenant. 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 Parce que seul l'amour peut nous sauver. So 
Evangelist with Leland Palmer, which is actually a Twin Peaks uh, reference. So, shout out to uh, Twin Peaks and David Lynch. And it features uh, Cool Keith and Woofy Warship. And uh, really dig that song a lot. So, hope you did as well. Here's what you just heard in the last uh, segment leading things off from, speaking of Televangelist, from the Tammy Faye, uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye movie featuring Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker. You heard Jesus Keeps Taking Me Higher and Higher, Disco Jesus. Then it was Aura the Molecule, Beat, 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 the Gillian uh, Gilbert remix of that. After that, you had David Holmes with Hope is the Last Thing to Die. That one features Raven Violet. Then it was Ibio Sound Machine with Electricity, and you are officially called up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place on WGOTLP. Gainesville. So, uh, earlier in the show, reviewed The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which, uh, despite a really interesting true life story and uh, some good acting performances, is really kind of a mess of a movie. And uh, if you want to see like a movie based on a really weird real life story that's actually pretty great, then instead of watching The Eyes of Tammy Faye, then go out and find and watch I, Tanya, which is based off the Tanya Harding ice skating incident um, about 20 years ago, I think, and that is a really great movie, much more uh, much more worth your time than Eyes of Tammy Faye, but um, though the, the second movie that I'm going to review this week, uh, I don't think there's really any kind of a question or debate about its greatness, unlike uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, um, it's A24's The Lamb. Now, every single time you see the A24 logo attached to a movie, you should uh, stand up and take notice because A24 has dominated the best and most interesting movie releases I don't know, going back at least five years. And The Lamb is just yet another great jewel in the A24 uh, crown. So here's the basic premise of the story. You have a family living on a farm in Iceland that has a lamb that gives birth to basically a half lamb, a half human uh, baby. So the family starts raising it as their child, and that is pretty much the entire story of the movie. Well, for the most part. Uh, Later on, the uh, degenerate brother of one of the characters comes to live with the family, uh, which, not surprisingly, causes quite a few issues. Living on a farm with a half-lamb, half-baby creature that they're raising, and obviously I'm leaving 
all the spoilers out of this review, but The Lamb is you know, just a beautiful movie in every way, and the farm is set, like I said earlier, it's in uh, New Zealand, out by the mountains, next to a lake, and the scenery is just gorgeous for the entire movie. And I gotta tell you, the lead actor and actresses play one of the best and most likable on-screen couples that I can remember in any movie in recent history. So, I guess if there are any drawbacks for The Lamb, a movie that I highly recommend, then it would be these. Uh, the movie does move really, really slow, and so that's going to eliminate some people who might like it, who just don't have the time or patience to uh, let the movie build, which is fine because I actually love these kind of well-shot, slow-developing movies, so that's really in my wheelhouse. I think another drawback for some people might be um, that the movie's set in Iceland, so there are uh, subtitles that you actually have to read. So um, if you're not into subtitles, if you're not into slow burn movies, uh, I wouldn't probably waste my time on that uh, because neither is really a drawback for me because you know I actually turn on subtitles for all movies regardless of the language anyway. So um, that's a big, big recommendation for The Lamb. Now normally I would probably play a song uh, from The Lamb's soundtrack, but um. Even though the film score is excellent for it, there aren't really any songs that would be great for radio as it's got a very slow, um, kind of cigarose um, sound to the songs. So, um, probably leave that off, although I would suggest maybe uh, Googling it and checking it out for yourself if you're into that kind of stuff. So, instead of a song off the Lamb soundtrack, I'm just going to play a new one from uh, Hannah Vu called Gutter.
Jesse Royal, and you're listening to my friend's place on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, you heard Hanavu, Gutter, then one from the Eels called Steam Engine. After that, you had Cola with Blank Curtain. Then it was a new one from Elvis Costello and the Imposters, Magnificent Hurt. After that, it was one from William Doyle, Nothing at All. Then it was Shy Girl with Cleo, and then you heard uh, Mr. Twin Sister with Beazle, and now you're called up to all the music this week on my friend's place. Uh, just a reminder, too, before I head out and turn things over to Stripped on uh, Thursday nights, or um, Red Pony Music Hour on Friday afternoons, or Departure on Sunday afternoons, do you want to tell you that WGOT has a Patreon account? All donations we receive via Patreon go 100% to keep the station up and running. Also, WGOT has a Facebook page where you can uh, find out the most up-to-date information about WGOT's fundraising, volunteer opportunities, and hopefully pretty soon our anniversary concert. Which kind of reminds me, if you are a musician, uh, either solo or in a band, and you're interested in performing at our benefit concert, then now would be probably a good time to reach out and uh, get in touch with us via our Facebook page. Uh, finally, I'm online under Cramela Mix Show, Cramela, C-R-A-M-E-L-A. Right now, I'm working um, my annual after-hours down-tempo mix that I do each year for Cramela Mix Show um, called Downsgiving, which I do every Thanksgiving. It's pretty easy to find. Like I said, just search for Cramela Mix Show and backslash Downsgiving, and you'll find past the best four or so um, mixes that I've done. And then uh, now I've also got a new feature that I want to talk about right now, MFP, that I'm going to call Closing Track. So I'm going to leave you each week with one final song, uh, especially handpicked by me, 
uh, to be the closing track of my show or DJ set, however you want to look at uh, my friend's place. And this week I'm going to play um, 808 State, and the song title is Pacific State. Um, 808 State for me really kind of broke out at a time where I was still listening to a lot of industrial and alternative music, and uh, pretty much was one of the bands that kind of shepherded me into listening to more house and uh, like trance music, I suppose. And unfortunately, this past week, Andrew Barker, who was the keyboardist and bassist for 808 State, uh, passed away on November 6th under uh, kind of mysterious circumstances as he was only 53 years old and wasn't suffering from any kind of a long-time illness that anyone knew about. So um, hopefully there'll be more news coming out about uh, what caused his death. Um, But for this week, uh, the very first closing track on My Friend's Place, I'm going to give you um, a song from one of the very first house music bands where I actually bought the entire album instead of like a mix uh, CD or a uh, single. Uh, so this is 808 State with uh, Pacific State, and thanks for listening to my friend's place. Mm-hmm. 